Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live from the Brooklyn Solarium. Folks, I'm very excited to bring back to you uh, an episode of Plain as Fuck, Make It Woke. It is our crossover episode with our friend and colleague, the Reverend Mark Thompson of Make It Plain. In this conversation that we have, and it is a supersized episode that we put together for all of you, is, you know, because we decided to do this show as a monthly, um, heading up to the uh, midterm elections, we decided that this episode, we would give a reflection on where things are, where things stand in our body politic right now, and what our thoughts are for when the calendar year changes and we rev up into the midterm. So I hope you all enjoy this new episode of Make It Woke, Plain As Fuck, You Tell Me. Folks, I am so excited to welcome back everyone to our monthly crossover with our friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson of Make It Plain, joining Woke AF so that we can make shit plain as fuck. So on, <laughs> on this episode, you know, we're going to provide a, I guess, what is it, Mark? A reflection, a wrap up, a Hail Mary to, <laughs> to the past year, looking ahead to what we expect is going to be happening in January. But you know, before we even jump into the specifics, I cannot believe that this is the end of 2021. Like I, 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 my mind is still blown that we are about to be two years inside of a pandemic that, you know, even though Donald Trump is gone, Trumpism is winning and raging strong. How are you feeling as we're coming to the end of this year? The the year has and and first of all, always great to collaborate with you, Danielle. The year has flown by. Um, 
and, and it's odd because we're still, I guess, coming out of or still in. I don't know if we're fully out of it yet. This pandemic culture and environment we're in. It, it's it's very strange. And I think, too, um, looking at the days and weeks to come, you know, the news cycle is getting shorter and shorter. So we got a whole nother month of stuff that could happen before we even get to January. So I'm 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 just trying to get to Christmas, which I'm not ready for yet. Uh, not to mention getting ready for for January. I mean, we even have if if you I mean, we just you know we just had another another shooting. Mm. You know, I want to talk about that. Um, uh, coming on the heels of Rittenhouse, mm. you know, there's still this gun violence, but nobody says white on white violence you know we nope. it, it's us it's just we have the when y'all gonna address y'all's problem with violence and so there's that um you and i talked the last time we were together about the the party which many of us support but doesn't seem to love us back mm-hmm. and it's gonna language so this this is it this month is do or die for uh the democratic party in the sense that if these pieces of legislation and there's a myriad of them from voting rights, ending voter suppression, all of that, um, even reparations, which I was on a meeting for today, if it, we have two, this is breaking news. I have not even announced this on my show yet. I'll make it plain. At this moment, mm-hmm. between with the total of co-sponsors for hr 40 the reparations bill Mm -hmm. and the total of committed yes votes is 214 which means we are eight votes from passage of hr 40 now what usually happens in that situation is when it's that close it's like it wasn't build back better they didn't have all the votes to build back better in the house so what the leadership then does is they go and they whip they get the last few they need and they do whatever they need to do twist arms say hey come with the caucus um some Democrats are afraid. It is the irony. You got 214 people on the bill, but yet there's a small number who are afraid. Well, if you do this, if we pass reparations, that's going to hurt us in 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 um, vulnerable and competitive districts. But 214 y'all on the bill, and there ain't 214 members of the Congressional Black Caucus. This is a majority of white members of Congress right. that support HR 40. So what's What's the big deal? So we got to deal with that. Um, and then really the whole jig is up. It, 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 we hope that happens by the end of the month. But just like Build Back Better, Build Back Better has to happen by the end of the month. And also either John Lewis for the people of freedom to vote, which was the mansion compromise. All of those would address the um, gerrymandering and voter suppression. I mean, you you know. It, you got states like uh, uh, Ohio gerrymandering 80 percent for Trump's uh, uh, North Carolina gerrymandering 78 percent. I don't mean for Trump for Republican House seats, um, Texas, 65 percent for Republican House seats. All of these states, Ohio, North Carolina and Texas, Trump barely won. Barely. States that Biden won. Georgia gerrymandering 64 percent republican house seats one wisconsin 
gerrymandering 75% Republican House seats. So this is this is existential. They can they have the ability to gerrymander themselves a House majority without people voting them out. And, and I hope I made that clear. Uh, mm-hmm. They create more Republican districts that we definitely can win in, and then they get a House majority. Manchin is doing that, and how one person still, how the, the White House and no one else has figured out how to prevent one person from having that power, and it's got to happen this month. So December is is do or die for the Democrats. You know, it's so... <sighs> I don't think, you know, you use the word existential and and that is absolutely the right word to use. And the fact is, is that I don't believe that people across the country, regular Americans understand exactly what an existential threat this is. I think that right now, even with what the Supreme Court is doing with the gutting, uh, completely dismantling of Roe v. Wade. I put up a map the other day on, you know, on Instagram that shows exactly what the country will look like in a post Roe v. Wade world. And it is like about 10 states that women are going to be able to get an abortion in. And it is going to be outlawed because what people don't know is that they have trigger laws that are in place that if you move viability, right? Of a collection of cells. If you move viability from 24 weeks, right? To 15, then there's no reason why it won't be 10. It won't be nine. It won't be a week, right? And so these trigger laws that folks in the South and across the Midwest have are just itching and waiting. And the thing that I have put up and said is that if you think this stops at Roe v. Wade, you are out of your mind. This just this Roberts court is the reason why we have over 400 bills right now, right? Across the country that are about gerrymandering and voter suppression. It's because of the decision that was made, right? To end preclearance for historically racist states in this country. Roberts wanted us to believe that what what Rachel Maddow had said uh, on the election night of Obama, oh, we're post-racial. So we don't need to have the same preclearance when these historically racist states that have been ground zero for domestic terrorism in this country, oh, they don't need any more oversight when they decide to change your voter suppression laws. As soon as that became the new law of the land, as soon as we hollowed out this 1940, 1964 act, Republicans, the salivating that we have seen, right? The chomping at the bit to undermine our democracy and to literally silence the voices of the majority of this country. You see, because when, when we all got the alert that 2030, 2050, it was going to be majority minority, right? Majority BIPOC people in this country, right? We're all sitting around applauding and getting excited. They got actionable. The white supremacists got actionable. And so if this is what it looks like when we have the House, the Senate, and the White House, what do we think it's going to look like 
when they take back the House and the Senate in 2022, and they're not even doing it on any policy. They're just doing it on saying, we're about white supremacy. We're about no mandates whatsoever, unless we are mandating what a woman can and cannot do with her reproductive health. You know, you're right. That row piece was um, pretty um, uh, a, a devastating display of just subjugation. And, and then the Mississippi AG comparing Roe to Plessy versus Ferguson. Um, and I think that Justice Sotomayor probably gave one of the, the will go down in history as one of the, the greatest quotes in the history of the Supreme Court when she said, this looks too political. What will the result of the stench be uh, from making these types of decisions? But I'm gonna tell you, Last night, I'm on Twitter. I started to call you, see if you got your passport ready. I was like, let's go to Poland. Them people in the streets. It looks like the million man march and the uh, 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 march, women's march, all together at the same time in Poland right now for the same reason, because they're trying to outlaw abortion. They are in the streets. So now, if we were to do that in this country, if they really go back against Roe, and see, women, this is where y'all come in. I'll tell you something right now. Women can change this whole thing. That's the only saving grace. If they reverse Roe Danielle and then women respond en masse at the polls and elsewhere, uh, that might be the only thing that keeps them out of the majority. Uh, to me, that's a big gamble for them because, do, I mean, do you want to awaken um, this sleeping giant? And by sleeping, I mean, you know, women have yet as an electorate. They did it in 2020. That's why Biden's it. Women decide, OK, we finished with Trump. But then they decided to come back in Kentucky and let us know that's just we just want to get rid of Trump. But we'll deal with moderately racist people. But women have got to decide as the majority of people in this country, the majority electorate, are you going to allow them to take away your reproductive rights? It's tricky because for a segment of the white women's electorate. Things go back to the way they were before Roe. Yep. They can still get abortions because yep. they can afford to go somewhere and get them. So the question yep. is, will they stand up for women who no. can't afford that right to privacy? And, and just one more thing. It ain't just about abortion, y'all. As Danielle said, it's a slippery slope to everything else. See, see, folks saw them take away uh, the, the, the teeth, extract the teeth from the Voting Rights Act. And nobody thought, well, they might do the same thing to Roe or the same sex or marriage equality. But that's what they do. They start in one place and then they start coming for everything. If y'all think they you, you don't think they can they can reconsider and see some people on the front line. I already get that. They already bracing for them to come back to marriage equality even. Yep. So. So, you know, this is this is the we cannot rest. This is the war we're in. And we people have got to stop being uh, uh, radicalized by false issues like critical race theory. That's not real. It, it, right now, it's about critical <laughs> voter suppression theory, critical women's rights to their own body. That's the real stuff. But they want to distract you. Oh, Mark and Danielle trying to get a critical race theory in the school. No, no, no. We're not trying to get critical race theory ain't in the schools. It never was. No. And and if anything, uh, the movement that we had back in the '90s, late '80s and '90s, around changing curricula, African-centered curricula, multicultural curricula, we lost that battle. 
they beat us on that. And so we would have been the ones to bring that back up. Y'all bringing up critical race theory to use it as a, you know, a, a, a foil to mobilize white fear, to stoke white fear for no reason mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality here, too, is that it, you want to go back to marriage equality. And I tweeted and I said, I want you to recognize Roe v. Wade has been around for 48 years. Right. And you're looking. I'm saying go back to Brown versus the Board of Education. If you think that that isn't going to be up on the chopping blocks. And I said, everything that you think was codified into law is the quote unquote law of the land became up for grabs when Mitch McConnell stole Merrick Garland's Supreme Court seat and then got two additional, right? Got two additional. That's what happened. You have three over 300 federal judges that were put that were put in by Donald Trump, many of which the American Bar Association said are not even qualified. And then you have three Supreme Court justices that were also put in by Trump. People think that getting rid of Trump was going to be, you know, our saving grace. Trumpism has now is going to be here for generations. Right. Kids that are not even born are going to have to live under Trumpism because of what Mitch McConnell was able to do to the courts and what we allowed him to do, because there was room there for pushback. There was room there for lawsuits. There was room there. But Obama, you know, said, uh, I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't want to do, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to be up in arms around this. You know, we can still collaborate with people who have been at war with you. And again, you use the exact right word, war. This is the war that we are in. They have been waging a nonviolent civil war that just recently with Kyle Rittenhouse being the first shot literally over the ball, right? Has turned violent. You have Paul Gosar in Congress, a congressman putting out violent anime of him murdering one of his colleagues. Where do folks think that this is going? You have Marjorie Taylor Greene with an AR-15 sunglasses on and, 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 and gunshots behind her, again, with the faces of her colleagues. So we keep wanting to believe and operate in this, this false reality that we are in a two-party system where you have Republicans that believe in the success of the country regardless of who is at the helm of it. And what Republicans have been telling us and showing us since 2008 is that they don't want the country to succeed, that they benefit more if it is in peril. Right? Because they're able to hold power, grab power, and scare the shit out of people into believing that somebody's coming to take your guns, a black man's gonna marry your white daughter, and like all hell is gonna break loose. I mean, that's, I mean, this is where we are. Mark, you brought up, we had a school shooting, right? This was, uh, according to analysts uh, who, who do guns, gun rights, this was the 28th school shooting this school year. It's December. It's December. School's, school has only been in session for four damn months. And it's the 28th one. Four kids are dead. Right? But you have parents, you have white parents in the Midwest and in the South wanting to protest at school boards for mask mandates that they think will traumatize their kids. Where the fuck are the protests? 
for not sending your kids to school in a hail of bullets. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because because that's the culture of America. Bullets are okay. We we good with that. We can have bullets. It turns out the mother of the shooter uh, thanked Trump for the right to bear arms in a 2016 open letter. This is the culture. This is this. I mean, is, this is the culture of America: violence, intimidation, uh, the romanticization. These people still romanticize January six. They don't see anything wrong with it. They they still see that as still, okay. They, they they Mark. They romanticize and still perform the Civil War. They have Civil War reenactments. Of course, they are about to, they're, of course, they are still romanticizing January 6th because they think that those motherfuckers were patriots, right? Like they are patriots. They stood up for what was right. You have Kyle Rittenhouse that killed two people. Marjorie Taylor Greene's trying to give him a Congressional Medal of Freedom. You have, you have members of Congress that are want to arm wrestle to, to make a, and to make, Yeah. And to make him a congressional intern. So if I'm a, if I'm a woman of color and I'm working on Capitol Hill, if I'm uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Representative Ilhan Omar, and you're talking about bringing in a murderer to come and work on Capitol Hill, and then you're thre- and then you're sending out violent anime videos, to- why are we still acting like this Republican Party is a is a party of opposed ideology? When, when what they are is a terrorist organization that is very well funded by the fucking taxpayers. That's the conversation that I want to see and be having in mainstream media when they're still bringing on Republican representatives talking about, oh, I think they're going to be gumming up the works. They are literally organizing an army of the unvaccinated and literally organizing militias to come take this country back. But we want to we want to pretend right now that the biggest problem that they, that we're dealing with is an impending government shutdown when they are trying to shut democracy down. Let me be the Grinch because it's beginning to look a lot like autocracy everywhere you look. Like, I mean, it to me, you know, and I want to I want to get your thoughts and reflections too on the recent cases uh, that we followed with regard to the McMichaels, right, in the killing of Ahmaud Arbery, who were found guilty uh, on pretty much all counts, um, to the Rittenhouse case, right? And what I have said on, on Woke AF so many times is that, you know, white America loves to see this, like, kind of cancel out approach, Right so that they can continue to believe that the justice system actually works when in fact it does not. Because the fact that we were praying, right, for a guilty verdict in the McMichaels case when it was so evident, right, what happened, and that if it had not been for people uprising, for people marching, right, that two DAs and the cops in Georgia sent the McMichaels home with blood on them talking about go along with your day, right? There would have been no trial. There would have been no guilty verdict. And I had to remind folks of that, that wanted to say, oh, well, at least justice was served in this case. What the fuck are you talking about, justice? 
Are you crazy? Right? And so, you know, what are your thoughts when we have these two very clear cases? And again, Kyle Rittenhouse didn't kill black people. He killed white folks. He killed the white folk allies just like they were killing white folks, you know, during the, 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 civil, the civil rights, you know, bus tours into the South, ripping people up and bur- tearing them off of the buses, beating the shit out of them, blowing them up. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's the Freedom Riders. It's the same, it's the same situation. And they weren't convicted then, and they're not being convicted now. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is, um, I mean, all of that is true. All of that is 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 real. Um, the the thing is that it's hard for us to feel, but so much relief from the McMichael's trial. Uh, when we know that um, Ahmad never should have been killed in the first place, and you're right, uh, it was just really prayer and grace and intervention that those charges were even brought. People had to go down to Georgia, and that's why the, the, the defense attorney didn't want any of us down there, any preachers, any leaders, uh, any civil rights folk, any activists, because if it had not been for um, that type of activism, that other prosecutor never would have gotten called out. This case would have never have been seen. And it really would have shaped him, because I don't know if you remember this or not. The timing, folks. Arbery was before Floyd. Yep. yep. Now, and, and people may not remember this now, because we we would, if you go back to remember being stuck in the house, mm-hmm. Arbery happens, and that video was on a loop. Mm-hmm. Days. And it really traumatized the whole country. I mean, I had white folks I hadn't heard from in years. I hadn't heard white folks don't even like me. I said, man, we got to talk. That's what you want to talk to me for. I can't believe this. this. This stuff still happens. Yeah, we've been trying to tell you all that. All right. I mean, it really mucked people up. Right. And then comes Floyd to just put the, you know, put a, the exclamation point on it. And then right after that, Breonna Taylor. That was the summer, y'all, of 2020. Um. And as traumatic as those first Arby, Arby, and it was so bad, remember, there was even a movement to get people, so don't show the video anymore. It's too traumatic, right? It's too triggering, it's, it's, yep. it's, it's dishonoring to the um, victim. To the and I don't know, I had mixed feelings about yeah. that, because yeah. maybe Phil Mobley put Emmett Till's pictures out there for the people with the world to see. So I don't, there's a thin line between that mm-hmm. and something else. But be that as it may, it was taken down. And then nothing was still going to happen. Nothing was going to happen. This is the uh, this is the reality of of everyday life in America that we have to pray that our sons and daughters are not pursued and killed in this way. It is that is something we wake up every morning as black people that crosses our minds that this could happen to us. And then you, like you said, you get Rittenhouse. Well, yeah, he killed a couple of white people, but these were people who were um demonstrating in support of black lives matter yeah and he could have very easily killed two black people could have killed anybody yep. and he might and others might yep there may be more written houses because you you've even got laws now one of the things color change is fighting you've even got laws now that encourage people to harm first amendment protesters mm-hmm. that's scary so how many amendments are there 
How many members in the Bill of Rights? I don't remember. 10, 12? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> 10 amendments, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, this ain't Amendment 2, 3, 4, 5. This is Amendment 1. Right. The very first amendment is the right to assemble. Right. And one, they didn't put it on the list of priority. They didn't put it down 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It is one. And they're saying now that you can be a Rittenhouse. You can, yeah. you can kill. They have a First Amendment right to protest. You have a First Amendment right to kill them. That's what happened with Heather Heyer in Charlottesville. And that's to scare us. And it is scary because any, that could be any one of us. Any day. car can run over us in a demonstration. I mean, that's I mean, that's exactly what DeSantis, that's what he passed. Right. That if 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 you if you are shutting down because what had become effective, if folks remember back in 2019, 2018, what had become effective was shutting down the highways, shutting down the roads, you know, uh, in order to in order to protest. Right. If I got to live a life of being traumatized. Right. Then I'm going to inconvenience you. How about that? Because racism, systemic racism is fucking inconvenient to me. Right. And so then you have all these slew of Republican governors and mayors being like, oh, no, kill them. Right. And, and, and nothing will happen to you. It's the same thing that Donald Trump had said at his rallies during the 2016 presidential election. Rough them up, kill them, knock them out. I'll pay your legal fees. Right. And so this is the thing when you said at the beginning, you know, we because we do not control the media. Right. Black and brown people have always been presented as if we are the we are the violent ones that need to be subdued, that need to be put down. We are the animals. Right. But if you actually look at. The history of violence in this country. Who the fuck is at the helm of it from the trail of tears to hundreds of years of of its slavery, right? To then a hundred years of Jim Crow, who is the one that is wielding the power of terror and violence in this country? It is white America. But because they're the ones that are in control and are the ones that get to tell the narrative, that get to write the history, that get to decide who and when and how it is taught. They get to say that it's us, that we are we we have to act in in reaction to and in protection of our our land, our home, our property, because without such, they'll run amok. There'll be a whole revolt, right? Why all the black kids can't sit together in the cafeteria. Why black people can't gather without being passed by police on the fucking street. Going all the way back to slavery. No, no. Because too many black people and brown people together talking. They must be trying to overthrow the system. And in this fucking case, I absolutely am. Ah. Ah. Overthrow. I mean, because I don't know when we're going to overcome, Mark. So, so my feeling, right? You've been working to overcome. You've been marching and preaching to overcome. And I'm like, I am ready to overthrow. Because I, because I don't see, I, I feel, and this is, you know, one of the last questions for you is that, like, do you see an option as we are headed into this new year, to this election year, to this cycle? We have a new variant, right? Of COVID-19. 
We got federal judges that are blocking the president's uh, vaccine mandates to just ensure that COVID continues to mutate on itself every single moment, right? We have killers that are being allowed to, you know, walk the streets and attend college and just act as if all is okay, right? We got gun violence running them. I mean, we got abortion on the line. Like, where where do you see, because tell me, where do you see the hope as we're getting ready to turn this calendar year of our ability to fight back against what I am seeing as the inevitable? Well, I, I think that that that's a very interesting question you're asking. The, the hope in our ability to fight back. Part of the problem and part of the culture in America is that it promote and encourage promotes and encourages apathy. If we could get a vaccine for apathy, we could slay all these dragons. But 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 we don't we don't have one. And when the when those who are oppressed, be the African Americans or immigrants or women or LGBT, who, who whatever group is is dealing with oppression, and then the overarching oppression for all of these people, one, one of the things I think Bishop Barber does is, is point out how all of us in, in middle class are really uh, de facto working poor. Mm. So when you don't have any money, you, you're just trying to make it. It's even more challenging to fight back and, and do the very overthrow you're talking about. It's, it's not always as many because everybody's just literally struggling to try to make ends meet. And that's how they control us. That's what capitalism does. We've got to figure out a way to enable people to get out here and still provide for their families minimally, but at the same time, get in the streets. Um, Other cultures do it. Um, We in this country somehow tend to be more um, uh, placated by certain things that distract us from doing that. You look at other countries around the world, folks get down the street, they shut it down. What, what you're saying, overthrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, we, mm-hmm. we may have to get to that point. And it may take, it may take row. Because I mean, I, I do think women play an important role in this. Because at the end of the day, um, um, if if women got organized and mobilized, it would make a great deal of difference, especially young women. It may take something like row to get that done. Um, but but the there's the hope and the ability for me is that I know that we have the capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. The question is whether or not we have the uh, the resources and the energy. Just for example, uh, and this is not, what I'm about to say is not even revolutionary, what, what you're talking about. And I'm, I'm totally about revolutionary. But see, even in my case, you know, when I was a younger man, not that I'm not still young, um, I would talk more and more about revolution, ready for the revolution. That's how Kwame Ture used to always greet people when he answered the phone, ready for the revolution, ready for the revolution. But when you're out here moving around, you have to stay within the context of where the people are. Well, I was, we were the only people saying that. So it, nobody, nobody else was talking about revolution. So we kind of had to work within the confines of what people's will and capacity was. Okay, so now if we could just do this one thing, Figure out a way for uh, there to be universal voter registration. 
And by that, I mean, if we we did it ourselves, like everyone just to say, you know what, I'm gonna make sure I'm registered and I'm going to go vote. And I'm not going to just going to vote federal elections. I'm going to vote down the ballot. See, we had voted more down the ballot. Yeah. We would control more state legislatures and then affect this redistricting. But we didn't have the the the, the whatever the political culture is right now. It was too much. We just got Trump, 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 Trump. We got to get Trump out. We there was not enough bandwidth for people to be organized and for people to receive. We can't just do Trump. We got to do the state thing too. That was that was hard for people to get their minds around. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we stayed in these streets, if we made this country ungovernable, and then people like us who just just waiting, we're holding the fort until everybody else gets there. Uh, but we we've got to get there. We people have got to figure out a way to get mobilized. And I and I think it's it's not it's not a scare tactic to say y'all we could be looking at Republican leadership. Republican control of government again. We could be, they always have control of the Senate. I mean, of the SCOTUS of the Supreme Court for a generation. Uh, we could be looking at it in the House and Senate. And then, I mean, Trump could go back and win the White House again. Yeah. Uh, before we go, because I have to ask you about that. What do you think yeah. about the way the media is kneecapping Kamala Harris? They want to make sure that somebody who looks like you better not even think about running for president or being the, the person to succeed Joe Biden. Yeah. You know, I have been wondering for quite some time where the hell Kamala Harris has been. Right. I I had joked and I had said, you know, on Woke AF many a times, I'm just like, should we put her on a milk carton? Because I am unclear about what the administration is doing to utilize one of their best weapons against the Republicans. Now, if folks remember that Kamala Harris's campaign slogan was prosecuting the case against Donald Trump. Now, there is no reason that following the insurrection that the former attorney general of the largest state in the country was not out front reeling against, railing against all of the Republican obstruction, the criminality, and allowing her to do what she did across the country to Bill Barr during his confirmation hearing. Like, you think we're dumb, right? You think that we're not paying attention, right? They are not allowing her to do that. And it is the administration's fault because I'm almost like they wanted us to be really excited about the fact that a black woman, a woman of color, Asian Pacific Islander woman was going to be vice president of the United States. And then they wanted to hide her. So as not to what remind white people that there is a, that there's a, 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 a woman of color that is vice president and a heartbeat away from the, from the presidency. So I'm like you, it is, it's not just the media because this administration is not utilizing. And now rumors are swirling. You have Simone Sanders that just announced that she's going to be leaving the office. You have Ashley Etienne, who is her communications director, that is also going to be leaving. And this is just the first two of very high profile losses from the vice president's office. So I'm saying to myself, what the fuck is going on? So in on one hand, it isn't just the media. The media is always going to do what the media does to black women and black people, right? Like that's that that is a given. But this is what is the administration doing to support 
and uplift and put her in a position to win. And instead of having this fraught uh, faux competition between a Pete Buttigieg, right? And a Kamala Harris, like who is 2024 going to be about? And I'm saying she needs to take her voice back, right? And command a presence that is not worried about what the reaction is going to be from the right, but is about what we are doing right now in the moment, in the present time, as they are stealing our democracy in broad goddamn daylight. Well, I know why you haven't heard from. Uh, and and you you know it too. Let's think about this. Just remind everyone. Um, right before she was selected, the characterization was made that she's too ambitious. And if you notice, ever since then, it's almost as if his deal was cut. That, okay, after black women and black men got together and said, that's out of the question, you better pick her now. So after he was forced to pick her because she was not the first choice by anybody on the Biden team, okay, I'm sure a deal was cut that said, now, we do think you're too ambitious. That's out there in the public. So you better not be ambitious. And so she's she's she was sabotaged from the very beginning. And 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 can't really. And I mean, it, she is. And vice presidents are vice presidents. Vice presidents are going to vice president. Right. Vice presidents do this. They it, the, the tradition is you just kind of stay in your place uh, and you do whatever the president says. I, I get all of that. But then if you're a white male vice president, there's a runway that's laid out for you to be able to build a case for you to be the successor, all right? And, and that opportunity is not there for her. The, the prominent black staffers that are leaving, I have no idea, but I, I think too, it, it, you, when you start out um, eating the fruit from the poisonous tree, she's ambitious. Then there's, term, there's a culture of turmoil. So, you know, ambitious, ambition and ambitiousness is a term that's used every day to uh, kneecap black women. Yep. So it's interesting that these other people yep. are leaving, but were they too ambitious? Yeah. And 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 and, and, and when you set that up, you know they can't hire Daniel and Moody Mills. Look how you talking on the show today. You can't go and work in the White House if they think black women are too ambitious. And well, and sure and hell don't want to work in anybody's White House. I know, so but what I'm saying is, you couldn't go there and be Daniel Moody Mills. So so the question is, could could Kamala can be Kamala? Could Ashley not be Ashley? Could Simone not be Simone? And he just have a great big deal of dysfunction. But here's the other thing, as we know. Um, Politico, which has now been bought and owned control by conservatives, is leading and is still considered one of the leading beltway prognosticating, uh, or, or it's like, you know, the beltway book oracle. Mm-hmm. um the oracle yeah they have been consistently hitting her hitting her hitting her and we've even heard that black folk over there who in order to keep their jobs have to join in with that and it's a struggle internally there because politico has made it their business to take out kamala harris now to be fair if i'm kamala harris and other people who support her are there and you've got i mean it's unfair but if it's Simone Sanders and Ashley's job, Ashley Etienne's job, to fix that, to combat that, to come up with a strategy to end that, and people in there throwing blame, that's that's what COINTELPRO does. It has us all fighting against each other, right? 
And and I'm sure that is what is happening because they have fostered uh, that atmosphere. It, it Politico has fostered the atmosphere in the West Wing. So now there are probably people pointing, well, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to stop this. You got to stop that. And now, mind you, uh, it used to be a time when we'd get a phone call on Woke AF or on Make It Plain. Well, let's talk to Kamala Harris. Let's get her side of the story. But, you know, let's tuck her away. Let's not do anything. She is under ongoing fierce attack. And that also makes the hiding, I think, unfortunately, a self-fulfilling prophecy because you don't want to come out because, you know, whatever you say, she smiled too much or she didn't do this right. She didn't shake the hand the right way. I mean, it's it's, they Politico is ready to expect it from Fox News. But Politico pounces on her every single day. And and let me tell you something. Unconfirmed. I can't confirm this. But there are some rumors that Ashley and Simone were not, they didn't just leave in a huff of anger or resign, that they were fired. And it was and it was simply because of, of Washington calculus. If you're my communications person and you can't fix my communications problem, you lose your job. That's just that's just what it is. And, and what I'm saying is, even if whatever the case may be, the problem is not internal to Kamala Harris or Ashley or Simone, anybody else in the industry. Now, there may be some folks on the inside, you know, because they're they're, those are two black women. It, I, a whole lot of other folk in there white. And they're probably some of the same people that came from the team, even if it's one of them, don't take but one mole, who agreed with, this woman's too ambitious, we didn't really want her. We wanted uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Or we wanted, I wouldn't even take it away from her. We wanted Susan Rice. That's where this was going. And so people are left back. That's what politics is. People are left then to sabotage you in your term. And then, you know, who knows? They may not even be a person whose name. They may be low level on totem pole, but they keep, you know, this and this instigation. So then you got black women being pitted against each other. And it's just confusion. And in Politico, some, and somebody in there is talking to Politico. Right. So that's not good. So I, I think that it, it's it's very complicated. And you're right. It's it's unfortunate. Um, um, in closing. Uh, there needs to be a cease and desist from a different culture toward this black woman vice president from yeah. a culture of a regular everyday white man vice president. Treat her like that. Treat her office like that. Cover her that way. This would this didn't, did Al Gore go through this. Did Richard Nixon go through this? When he was vice president running against John F. Kennedy. You know, did Walter Mondale go through this? None of these vice presidents, Hubert Humphrey, none of them went through this. But as soon as a black woman comes in there, did did, did Kamala fire Etienne and Sanders? Did did somebody else fire? I mean, so it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And and lastly, I said, I know it's going to say later, but let me make this absolutely last thing. At the end of the day, too, I want y'all to think about this. Bad white the West Wing sees bad publicity for a vice president also is bad publicity for the incumbent president. And at the end of the day, that's his final decision. Wait a minute, this is bad. So I need to nip this in the book because this is going to be used against me. Because then the pressure is going to come to drop her from the ticket if he runs re-election. Put Buttigieg to somebody else on. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, that's not going to fly. Don't get me wrong. You know, I I don't dislike Buttigieg. I, you know, I think he has some qualities. He's a charismatic dude. It's very hard to dislike him. 
Um, and I think he's a worker. I think he will do carry out the assignment that is given of him. But what makes him any different from um, someone else who can do that, who is closer to the base constituency of the Democratic Party? And, and Buttigieg just has rubbed the African-American community the wrong not, fucking way, the wrong way. And then not. And even if even if it was just benign, I think it largely is. He, he don't motivate nobody. He, he's not going to people. Like, oh, my God. Biden, Buttigieg, we got to go get Pete Buttigieg. People say, well, what happened? You, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, Kamala had her worst day. Nobody's going to stand. If Kamala did the worst thing she could do, and she's not. But if she made the biggest mistake a vice president could make, no one is going to abide Buttigieg leapfrogging her. No. No. And, and at like, not, not, not women writ all, you know, at large, like black and brown women, white women, like no woman is going to turn around and be like, oh yeah, so you leapfrogged a, a woman and you went for the guy. Like that rubs us all the wrong way. Um, Mark, as always, I love our supersized version of plain as fuck of Make It Woke. I love our monthly crossovers and I pray to God that we will still have a country um, in a couple of weeks when we get to come back and do it uh, at the start of 2022. Yeah, I hope so too. I love it too. It's a, it, it's always great. We have fun talking to each other. And frankly, I, you know, on my show, I, I have guests every day, so I rarely get to uh, express my thoughts and um prognostications on things so it's a good opportunity for me to do that and so i i do appreciate it you're amazing wonderful happy holidays after she just called for the uh, overthrow of the american system of government merry christmas y'all merry uh, christmas <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful That is it for me today here, folks, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.